All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. We talk Emmy nominations, a big midsummer hot wreck called The Rehearsal, what we do in the shadows, returns, F-Boy Island, and we finish our Spider-Man rewatch. Here we go. go Nori's podcast i'm eric i'm here with ryan and jim how's it going guys doing very well man i'm loving the summer bro how are you i am great uh can't believe it's already halfway through july that's wrong but yeah uh, happy to be in the middle of the summer feels feels real nice even though uh there's not a lot going on in the world of uh, tv and um sports there's still a lot of content for us to bring because we find all the news that you need to have so everything you missed while you were at your cabin or whatever you've been doing uh, we've got it for you here on this awesome episode of the Nordies Podcast. You know it. You do. All right, guys, before we dive into all that stuff, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. What a deal. You're welcome, everyone. That's a great deal. All right, guys, yeah. uh, what are you guys drinking tonight? All right. I'm over at uh, a place we haven't been to in a while, Inbound. Remember Inbound? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. So they released a, a fruited sour called To Be Continued. It's got cherry, lime, and raspberry. And honestly, you guys, it's pretty damn good. The four-pack was like 12 bucks. Um, I might get, actually get this one again if I see it. So I, I, I don't hate it. To Be Continued by Inbound. I'm drinking a 18-year single malt from Singleton. It's very Jeez. good. Very good. You it ain't was, fucking around. It was on a really, really good deal. Um, boy, 18-year scotch is very, very good. All right. Damn, way to outclass us. Yeah, wow. I'm drinking uh, Black Sack and uh, Weldworks Loud Juice. It's really good. It's like a IPA. I don't know. It's really good. Beautiful. And by the way, this, my scotch pairs very well with my pipe. Yeah, and my, my I see you're in your smoking lounge. You're coming yeah. to us live from... Uh, where did you get that velvet jacket? Well, it was a gift from Hugh um, before he passed. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. the dream. All right, guys. So um, let's dive into it right away with the biggest uh, news... Um, first up, a show that we absolutely championed last week, a hot, hot, hot wreck, The Bear. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch The Bear now. Uh, this week they announced it's going to be returning for season two. It has to. I know this was an FX masterpiece, and FX has a lot of masterpieces. Like, they kind of nail it, don't they? They're per- and, like, this kind of show was so perfect for FX. Like, it was just, like, everything. It was so brave in how it just departed from like what we recognize as storytelling. And I really appreciated that. And it was the kind of show where I'm sure if you tell your friends about it, or if you hear on the already's podcast about it, you're like, why would I think that that's interesting? But it was just so beautifully done and it was so perfectly FX. And so I'm really pumped. It's coming back. The last two episodes were awesome. It's definitely a show that gets better and better. Um, I feel like they may have shot it in, um, you know, in true, like, um, chronological order because all the actors seem to get better which made sense right they're working in this kitchen their rapport is going to change their you know tech cooking techniques will get better their movement in the kitchen at all they probably did that on purpose um but in doing so the the best two episodes are last two and um it's worth watching and it's set up really really well for a second season so i'm glad it's coming um i bet we get five seasons of this thing this is gonna be a big show for a while I just love the main guy so much. I mean, I know there's just a ton of people who are great on the show, mm-hmm. um, but I thought he was just like award season worthy. And we will talk about some Emmy noms. The bear not eligible yet, but we'll probably be getting some uh, some bear chatter uh, around this time next year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Eric. Yeah, they, important reason in time for this year. Important question: Do you care about the characters on the bear? Are they important I enough care. to care about? Mm. I care about all of the characters on the band. Right, I thought that, that was the best thing about this show was just that every character, like even the ones that I really disliked early, like their growth and their like coming together as a team and believing in everything that he was trying to get them to do was like, I was just cheering for them. I was like a stand for this shitty beef restaurant. So can't <laughs> wait. can't wait for next season already. Chicago beef. Let's go. All right. Uh, how about this one? Daniel Palula is stepping out of Black Panther 2. He won't be in Black Panther 2. Is this too big of a loss uh, on top of, obviously, the tragic loss of Chadwick Boseman for Black Panther 2 to, to still be worth our time? 
I mean, we're going to see the movie, but I just don't know exactly what they're going to do. Um, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya was like the grumpy guy that was like the rhino tribe or whatever the hell was going on there. Um, not like a huge part of it, but he could have been in this, you know, this next movie. He could have been saying that they have, you know, one kind of male lead down. Um, he could have stepped up, but he he decided to work with Jordan Peele and film Nope, which I think is going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, is the MCU losing its shine a little bit? Is it less of a draw? Could that be part of it? You know, we'd never heard, hear of an actor like not wanting to reprise their role before. I think this is the very first time we've heard this. So a eh, little bit concerning, maybe. Um, and I mean, look what happened last time. Someone didn't want to continue on in their role in the MCU. We never heard from Edward Norton ever again. <laughs> That's kind of true. He was sort of exposed as a huge asshole. And so. like, we never heard from him again. Like, I don't know if he like even works anymore. No, I don't think he does. He's he like did the Birdman a little bit. He did that after, but that was like a one-time, one-off role. What about what about the Army Hammer news week? Oh, that's wild. The Army Hammer. Somebody, somebody that disappeared. Yeah, he's like selling timeshares or something. Yeah, on that's... like some islands or something, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's br- brutal. Probably just so he can like afford to stay at the hotel and do drugs. Like that's that would be my guess of where he's at in his life. Well, yeah, and just like no, the other rumor is that. If, if, the other rumor is that RDJ paid for like his rehab, and he's now living with Robert Downey Jr. trying to get sober. Oh wow, that would be cool. But I'm I'm guessing that the the story about selling the timeshares just so he can like have a room and find somebody to snort, you know, whatever it is with, is probably very close to accurate. Yeah, whatever he can uh, he can do with like women to make them think it's a good idea to let him eat parts of them i guess is kind of his thing he probably had a lot better chance of of closing that deal when he was like on top of the world famous yeah um i feel like now you go and ask these women hey can i eat one of your you know toes or something that maybe just not gonna go for it anymore it's timeshare salesman Mm, mm. (laughs) i just don't know all right so daniel kaluuya is not is not going to be doing nothing because he is going to be starring in a live action Barney. <laughs> I, I know nothing about this. It just came up and it was such an odd piece of news to hear right after he said that he's not interested in, in, you know, doing this, uh, black Panther too. So I don't know anything about it. Um, I don't know why this needs to happen. They wasn't Barney live action. Yeah. Is it, I mean, is this it falling under, uh, the, the Winnie the Pooh vampire hunter, you know, like it's been intellectual property <laughs> for 30 years or whatever. And now you can steal it. Oh, it's got to be like 95 years, so I don't oh, think so in this case. Oh, okay. That's, that's a little too um, far then. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. This is a weird one. Um, and I told you guys that I hate Barney because Barney is the reason that I'm not insanely wealthy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because... Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah I think I remember yeah, this. My father, Scott Burtness, he did have the opportunity to sign Barney as an exclusive for his company. And instead, he thought no one would watch the show unless they were like really high. <laughs> and so he declined it, and then and then Target got an exclusive, and then it turned into like the biggest kid show ever. Wow! Yeah, fail. Yeah, come on, Scott. Well, what if we lived in it? Think about think about the multiverse of madness. Like, what if we lived in a world where Barney never existed because your dad torpedoed it so poorly with like the company that Barney never got off the ground? And then Daniel Kaluuya would still be Black Panther. <laughs> still rather. Because, oh yeah, there you go. Have- I want to go to that universe. Wow. To go to. And that's the universe that I want to live in. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of live action, uh, there's going to be a Lilo and Stitch live action movie now. Did you guys, I think I was like maybe a little older when this came out and I don't think I was still, you know, it was on the tail end of like when all the animated Disney movies were just classics and I don't, I never got into this one. Yeah. I never watched I it. I don't know who's Lilo and who's Stitch. I don't really know anything. I think there's like a little blue, like monster guy. Yeah. Did you guys, did you guys ever see the original ending to that movie before they had to edit it for nine 11? No, no. So the Lilo and Stitch movie, it was in Honolulu you know, and it came out um, like six months after 9-11 happened in like 2002 or something. And um, in the original ending, somebody hijacks an, a jet airliner, commercial plane or like whatever, and, and flies it between the buildings of the city, trying not to hit the buildings and shit. And they're like, spaceships are like blowing up buildings around them. And I'm sure that like the animators just had to be like, Holy fuck. We need to go back to the drawing board immediately right now. 
it is uh it ain't gonna it, it would not have flown let's say that but um yeah wow um, so i'm guessing right. they won't have to deal with that but yeah nobody cares about this i don't think all right well speaking of things that shouldn't be flown and things that uh i don't care about um adam scott is joining Madame Web, uh, another crappy Spider-Man universe villain story by Sony that literally no one will care about. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like Adam Scott's kind of on top of the world. I, this could just be a quick payday for him. Um, I don't know. I, 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 he's a little too good for this, but whatever. Well, he does. He does I mean, a lot. After... Of, he does a lot of serious roles. So maybe this is just a chance to kind of lighten, you know, lighten the mood for a lot of money, right? He doesn't have to like really try yeah. that hard, you know. He is funny as hell, so he probably does want to just make sure he keeps that on his resume of being like, yeah, I'm good for comedic roles still. Don't worry. I think he was like, I want to be in a movie with Sydney. That that could be part of it. Oh, yeah, probably. Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweetie, Emma Roberts. Like, it's stacked with stackedness. Yeah. Um, I don't think that after they made Morbius, they should be allowed to make another movie like this, but here we go. Somebody's letting um, them. All right, how about this? Sam Levinson. Where would I know Sam Levinson? He's the writer-director of Euphoria, creator of Euphoria. So kind of a controversial guy. Um, clearly has made one of the best shows on HBO, and he's he's quite well-renowned at this point. But um, he asks a lot of his young female stars, and I think that's kind of gotten him to well, and... a little bit controversial, and he has to answer a lot of questions in interviews and all those things. But Also, in the most recent season, he's asked a lot of his male uh, young male uh, oh, God, yeah. as well. So, I mean, just ridiculous. So, all I know yeah. is that the, the kids at my school, I know I said this before, but anytime I talk about Euphoria, all the kids at my school are like, you watch Euphoria? I'm like, yeah, I watched a lot of stuff on HBO, unlike you, so don't pretend that it's some like show for kids. But oh, they watch it? And they think it's weird that you watch not it? a show yes. for kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't believe you watch Euphoria. I'm like, um... I don't know, I you're like, I can't believe you watch Euphoria, yeah. that your parents don't have that on the lock. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just uh, write them a little, now that you made fun of me, I'm going to go ahead and message them and tell so them to lock their HBO account. Speaking of HBO Max and Sam Levinson, he's making a show with The Weeknd called The Idol. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to record a different time next week because I'm going to The Weeknd in Chicago next weekend. That's the exciting. Weeknd on The Weeknd. So we're flying down there. I can't wait. Um, I'm a big weekend guy. Uh, I don't know if he's a good actor, which I don't even know how the fuck this thing got made, but it's like a full series on HBO Max about like Hollywood and just living the life that either the weekend does live or, you know, I know he like dates like Bella Hadid and all these famous women, but either he like lives or he plays up that he lives with his content matter of his songs. But it kind of seems like it's just twisted and kind of semi, you know, biographical um the trailer was weird as shit dude i don't know it's called the, weird. the icon i think yeah it was called the idol the idol yeah the idol that's that's what it is so <laughs> dude i, I don't <laughs> gotta twist it again we're yeah. back and forth on the icon idol thing i think i can settle this it's uh <laughs> oh look, it's two um, c's yeah yeah <laughs> right I, I, look, this looks cool. I'm going to try to watch it. I hope it's, like, kind of short, you know. If it's going to be bad shit, I don't really need, like, eight hours of this. This is It's going to be, like, Requiem for a Dream meets, like, Boogie Nights. Like, it's going to be so weird, and there's going to be so much nudity and so much penis. Like, way more penis than Euphoria. I, I, we'll see how comfortable you if are. that's possible. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of penis, for sure. Um, All right. Wow. Other than that, I can't, I don't know. I just, I, it's I something to watch out weird. for. I think it's, I mean, I think it's like done. They had a trailer come out for it. So I think we're going to get it like within a couple months. I'm going to set recording. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all over it. Tell all your students about it to watch it, Eric. Because um, like, this is a hot wreck from I, Eric. I told you that I, I went to my ninth grade class after finishing season one of Dark, told them mm-hmm. all to watch Dark and that it was so good. And then a kid showed up the next day and said, wow. Thanks a lot, Mr. Burtness. You told me to watch Dark, so I watched it with my mom, and there was a naked sex scene that started the whole series. And I was like, oh, <laughs> last time I suggest a show to any kid. Yeah. Like, what's, your, what's your mom's number? Um, <laughs> yeah, right. it, says it's, it says it's getting released in 2022, um, The Idol, but it doesn't say specifically, so maybe they're still shopping dates. Okay. I don't know. Interesting right. project, though. All right. So um, next up. We were talking a little about at the MCU earlier. Uh, the phases are not created equally. 
the screen time of the phases and how much content we're getting is completely um, has completely changed with HBO. I'm sorry, with Disney Plus coming out. Yeah. What is the screen time difference between phase three and phase? One? I'm just going to do all the phases, ready? Because there's only four, right? So phase one. How many movies do you think are in phase one? Just guess. Eight. Six. Ryan nailed it. Six films, twelve hours. Okay. Exactly. Phase two, also six films, twelve hours. A little over, but close. Phase three, now we got 11 movies at 25 hours. Phase four, which doesn't seem to have a direction, is already at 50 hours when you combine already six movies and seven shows. And I don't feel like they have even started with any kind of through line. Um, I get that like there's the maybe the only through line is like, you know, the multiverse is kind of becoming a, a factor here. Um, but so what? Who cares? They could have done that but in the middle of they're anything. They're at 50 hours, and it's just becoming a factor. Like, that's a problem. Yeah. And as we talked weird about... to hear that stat. We talked about last week, the start of Phase 4 was Spider-Man Far From Home. What? Why? Well, that was the end of Phase 3. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was yeah, the last sorry, one, sorry. but still. That, yeah, okay. Right Either edge, way, yeah. that's essentially... I mean, it's after Endgame, so it's the start of Phase 4. But yes, okay, you're right. It bookended Phase yeah. 3, but still pretty ridiculous and we've gotten some good movies like obviously you know we're going to talk about spider-man um no way home which was fucking awesome i thought shang chi was great um you know but we also got black widow boo we got eternals which is maybe even worse or almost as bad um so it's been kind of hit or miss i I just think that when i'm like watching marvel right now it's not that it's bad it just went from a guaranteed a minus to a guaranteed b Mm mm-hmm and, and that's where, like, there's been a drop-off. And I think it's with the storytelling. I think people love a good story. I think, Eric, and... I, think you're, I think your rating system is very close, and I'm not disparaging what you're saying. I think that it went from a guaranteed A- to we're hoping to get a B+. And yeah. typically it's average, probably at, like, a B- to a C+. We're expecting, we're expecting yeah. a, a, an A with every, and then it never really is anymore. Yeah. And, and I think bad. that, like, the problem is, is that the... They're trying to give us all of the meaningful stories of all these characters that we've known for a long time, but they don't really connect to the rest of it yet. They're like not confident enough to have too many big things happen on Disney Plus yet. Mm-hmm. And so most of those things don't end up mattering as much as I want them to. Um, you could still understand all the movies without watching the shows for the most part. And I think that's a problem if they're going to be doing the same storytelling. And then yep. finally, it's like... They spent the three phases telling a story. And so maybe phase four, five, and six will all tell the same story. And we'll all love it. But my problem Mm. is, is that I don't know where they're going. I'm not sure that they know where they're going. And I think that the multiverse was brought in. They decided to do the multiverse storylines because it's a big, long story. It can open up a bunch of other characters. They purchased, obviously, the rights to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. So where the hell were they during all of these events? Well, now they have a way to yeah. include all of them. But they're slow playing it so much that I have to watch a hundred movies that don't include them that talk yeah. about the multiverse and TV shows that talk about the multiverse. And all it does is it just muddies and convolutes everything where it feels like nothing is permanent. Nothing like, matters as much. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get a character that dies like Black Widow had this incredible like death, very poignant. Um, then they make her a, a prequel movie, which was lame. And now they could just bring her back if they wanted to. Yeah, and I don't. I like that doesn't feel right to me. And so I'm, I'm kind of annoyed with all of it. And so yeah. it's like it felt like it was going to be a two year story that now feels like it's going to be a ten year story. And mm-hmm. the other thing that I think is they've really failed at over the last couple of years is their post credit scene. They got famous for doing these post credit scenes, and some were silly, but most of them meant something. Like I would stick around because I'd be like, where are they going next? And they would drop some little nugget in that you'd be like, oh, my gosh, was that Thanos? Oh, my gosh, who is that character? Oh, my, yeah. what is, you know, where are they? Why, like, who is this meeting between? And it was like all of these, like, kind of important little Easter eggs. Now they're all kind of silly or they're, like, introducing an actor who's going to be in the MCU. And I'm like, yeah. I don't really care about those. I mean, they like, did. There's some history of that. They introduced, like, Sam Jackson in a post credit. You know, and then they use him later. But then the more recent ones, they're not Harry doing anything Styles. with. Yeah, Harry, Harry Styles, Styles as Thanos brothers, like could be could have been a big deal. Though, who knows if they ever go back to him? Uh, they they did this this most recent one. Um, I'm I don't care. I'm spoiling it. It was too lame. Uh, Hercules, and he was the dude from Ted Lasso. 
I was yeah. like, I don't care. Why did I wait for that? I don't care about that. Um, and it wasn't Ted Lasso. Uh, and so right. I don't know. I, I just think that like, I remember vividly whatever movie it was where Thanos opened up that thing and grabbed the Infinity Gauntlet and was like, I'll do it myself. And everyone was like, whoa! Those moments don't seem, they don't seem to have those right now. And I think that that's what they need to get back to. Eric, I have a question for you. Did did you, and I I know where I stood, um, but when they started with the Disney Plus shows and we got Wanda and then we got uh, Captain America, which was meh, and then we got Loki. Did you think that it started pretty strong because I know I did. I know I was pretty, I was pretty pumped when when Loki ended, and I was like, "Holy shit, they know what they're doing." Now I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's just very tepid. I'm yeah. like, okay, it's fine, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, and even like Thor four, you know, like coming off of Ragnarok, you would have thought that they would have made a bajillion dollars. Not not that many people showed up. It didn't make a ton of money. Um, I mean, it's it down like did it's down like seventy percent. It's down like 70% from first weekend to second week. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they need to figure a couple things out. They need to make it all matter again. They need to run it like um, their other great franchise that's without a hiccup, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Maybe put Kathleen Kennedy in charge, you know. I don't know. I think they should take a page out of... Uh, um, I Jurassic know, World. I think they should take a page out of the Wizarding World. Do it like they've been with Harry Potter. Um, Brilliant, yeah. I think well, we're. Maybe, I think, I think, you know what? I think you're making me realize they're doing an amazing job, and we should shut the fuck up. And as soon as they <laughs> they, they drop anything with, is when it, when an X Men movie comes out, everybody is going to see it three times. It will be a massive hit. We will be so hyped. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I they just wait. hurry up and do that shit. Yeah, I, I think that the big thing is is that what we've realized is is that worlds or universes are tough to make and they're tough to maintain. And the pressure yeah. to maintain them perfectly is impossible. And we're going to see it when everyone complains about whatever Game of Thrones does. Uh, Westworld couldn't even do their own world, let alone make a universe. When they tried right. to branch out from a theme park, they ran out of steam. Yeah. You know, like Harry Potter hasn't... They couldn't even make a samurai world and make it cool. I mean, <laughs> Harry Potter hasn't hit a right step since, since uh, Harry killed Voldemort. And, you know, like, it's just, I think that that it's really hard to tell great stories in 2022. Well, especially yeah. especially when you're doing comic book themed stories where like in the comic books, they're like, well, we're just going to hit the reset button on Spider-Man and we're going to start a whole new thing yeah. and it's going to go in a completely different direction. And I know that, you know, I'm not doing like Sony, but the same thing with Superman, same thing with Batman, any superheroes, the comic book people could be like your Nintendo entertainment system and just push that reset button and we're going to start over and we're going to, we're going to do it new. Mm-hmm. And I think to hold on to like the continuity of like what the comics said to like what we've done in the past and not trying to screw up anything moving to the future, I think is exactly what Eric is saying. It's very difficult. Um, especially when they're trying to introduce multiple generations of people to the MCU mm-hmm. with different degrees of storytelling, uh, trying to keep, the people that have been watching for the last 20 years and trying to introduce maybe a younger generation that's going to care about the new X-Men moving forward. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it should, it, it, I hope that they get to wherever they're going. Cause right now it just feels like we're in limbo and it's not good. I think that they have cool stuff coming up. Like I wouldn't want them to reset, right? I wouldn't want them to hit re- reset on the video game cartridge and bring back all the heroes and reintroduce everybody. I'm not ready for that. No, either. Obviously we want, like, dude, when Tony Stark shows up in the first Homecoming movie, Spider-Man, it's fucking electric. Like, he makes that movie so much better, and I don't want him to come back. I don't really want them to ever reset start, set these characters ever yeah. again. I kind of want them all just to die out, and then they just come up with new characters. Yeah. Oh, you For mean their just, top like, ten, our... like their top ten most best-selling characters would we'll never see them again? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll see another Iron Man again. Yeah. It'd be disappointing. Um, all right. No, I'm just kidding. I'll be fucking talking. Yeah, I know you will. (laughs) (laughs) You try to talk so tough, Eric. Like, I'm not fucking seeing Harry Styles as Iron Man. That's bullshit. You'd be first first day. (laughs) I feel like if the MCU could just learn from this franchise that seems to have everything right every time, the Lord of the Ring, Mm -hmm. um, they dropped an official trailer. I'm joking. They don't, I didn't think they could hardly do the original um, they dropped a, another original or official trailer for their show coming out in what September? Yeah. 
Yep, yes. September. I think this has bust written all over it. I'm like concerned. I, I liked the trailer, you guys. I thought it looked like I mean, obviously it's it's not a goofy tone. It's not necessarily fun. It's serious and they, they keep it it's very self serious. But I thought it looked great. It looked like a movie to me. Um I'm excited about it. Like I think it has some potential. I thought it Am looked, I just being wishful thinking here or what? I mean I I, I thought it looked very wheel of timey. And oh god. That's not a compliment. Yeah. No, go watch that Wheel of Time trailer and you'll be like, there's a big difference here. I just really think that it's going to be average. Like, I think it's going to be decent, but it can't be decent. They spent so much freaking money on this. And, like, I just, I I think that the problem is, is that it's hard to be, like, an adult fan of of universes when we don't buy toys and they want to sell toys. And so Mm -hmm. everything has to be made for adults and kids. And I think that, like, that's why when we're watching shows on HBO, they feel so much better than watching some of these blockbusters because they can just get down to, like, really gritty storytelling. And I think that that's what everybody wants from these movies, but then they can't sell all the action figures. And so I think that that's what makes it so difficult. And, like, Lord of the Rings, if they made it like Game of Thrones and it was, like, a rated R show, it would be the coolest thing of all time. But it's not going to be. It's going to be mm-hmm. like sing song. No, like, it's going. No, it's going to be like edgy PG thirteen is what it's going to be. I hope. So. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be kind of violent. I'm going to repeat the line that I said in in the group chat, and that is, I think Jeff Bezos watched the Peter Jackson trilogy of the original uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then he watched the Hobbit trilogy, and he thought the Hobbit was better from a <laughs> movie making standpoint. And that's what he wanted the team to emulate. And that's what it looks like. And that's what it feels like. And again, that's not a compliment. Yeah, man, we're going to have to see. I'm this, is all based, this is all based on like a cobbled together selection of uh, like epilogues in Tolkien works and other various passages that mention the rings of power and, and how they came to be. So this is all extrapolated based on very limited information into an eight episode series. Mm-hmm. And I just don't... It's what, like, Peter Jackson had three novels to work with in the original trilogy and a lot of good material and stayed pretty true to it. And there, again, this is all based on, it's not a a book that Tolkien wrote. It's a bunch of things that they they pulled this information from and are trying to make a TV show. And I just don't think it's... I hope so. What will do better? What will do better? Thrones or Lord of the Rings? Thrones. Thrones. Well, Thrones, yeah. Thrones. Thrones will just bury it. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, all right. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, the Emmys. Speaking of the Emmys, the most Emmy nominations ever for a single show was Game of Thrones with 37. Who led the way this year? Yeah, let me look it up here. Um, well, let's go through. So Better Call Saul is, is going to probably clean up again. So it, it almost feels pointless when they're still running. But So Best Drama. We watched a lot of these. Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance. Come on, baby. How about that for us to call it from day one? I love that. Um, Squid Game, I think kind of a surprise because it seemed a little silly and pulpy, you know, for it to be taken seriously. Also, the first uh, first, things. first uh, foreign yeah. language nominated uh, show for that category, I believe. Yeah, Love that. Uh, Stranger Things, which is which is cool. Um, yeah. Succession, which we love. And then Yellow Jackets, which none of us have watched because we don't have Showtime. It's like the only gap we have in our coverage for as a pod. I'm going to guess that Succession wins. I'm going to guess that Better Call Saul wins. But how, we'll come see. That, how come that whole universe is the one that the critics like the most? Mm-hmm. I don't know. They love it. It's good. I mean, it's it's well done. I'm going to try to watch this last season. Uh, all right. So best actress, we got Laura Linney in Ozark, right? We got Zendaya in Euphoria. Um, kind of a, a mix otherwise. Jason Bateman in Ozark. Brian Cox in Succession. Um, obviously Bob Odenkirk and Adam Scott got the the nod for Severance. I love to see it. And it. Jeremy Strong for Succession as well. So kind of clean it up. And the Emmys, Patricia Arquette the Emmys, for Severance, which is super Emmys cool. The typically aren't like the Oscars where you might get like a kind of surprise in that category where you'd see Adam Scott win. Like it feels like it's going to mm-hmm. be pretty predictable with Better Call Saul. It probably will be, yeah. But, you know, it's a bunch of Succession um, for acting. Sydney Sweeney did get nominated for Euphoria as a Best Supporting Actress, which I think is super cool. She's awesome. Um, and then Best Supporting Actor, you know, we got um, Kieran Culkin for Succession, Nicholas Braun for Succession, Matthew McFadden for Succession. But we also got 
Christopher Walken for Severance, John Turturro for Severance. So it, it's kind of cool, dude. People realize that show was just fucking awesome. Dude, Kieran Culkin kind of um, slayed yeah. in Succession in the last season. Like, I think, man, he was so good. He was so good. Yeah, yeah, super good. Um, you know, I'm not going to go through all this stuff, but the shows, you know, generally, the shit that we pimped and, and liked and told people to go listen, we knew. We fucking knew. Hey, what, what best set design, Jimbo? That's what the people want. Exactly. Let me scroll down, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> okay, so the, the odds. Here's your odds, okay? Yeah, let's um, go. Currently, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shows. The longest shot by a lot is Euphoria. Okay. Uh, coming in eighth place, pretty long shot, Yellow Jackets. Sixth place, uh, plus 1,200, Stranger Things. Uh, fifth place, plus 950, Severance. Fourth place, plus 800, Better Call Saul. Okay. Third place, plus 700, Ozark. Second place, plus 555 squid game and first place plus 450 uh succession they give them an 18 percent chance there you go so maybe oh. you're right maybe succession wins i can't believe squid game odds are that good so uh succession led the way with 25 um nominations mm-hmm. so it's just funny like squid game was great but when you watch it i mean it's very it's acted in a way that they don't do in hollywood but they do in other movie making markets you know, like Bollywood, where like it's very animated. It's almost like a stage, like they're acting on a stage. You know, there's yeah. not, nothing's fucking subtle about their line delivery. You know, um, but you know that doesn't mean it's bad. And um, apparently, they're still willing to recognize it, so that's cool. Yeah, it just feels very like melodramatic and over the top. It does. All right, well, guys, uh, we're talking about some of the shows that maybe will be up for a nomination next year. Uh, and that's in our Hot Rex and Not Rex. And uh, the first one is a super hot wreck for a brand new HBO show, uh, The Rehearsal. This is the latest show from Nathan Fielder of Nathan For You fame. So if you've ever watched the awkward and hilarious Nathan For You, he has a brand new show on HBO Max called The Rehearsal. And I'll give you the premise of the show. Um, the show is about, he puts out a, as he called it, a vague ad for people who have a secret um, or something information that they need to give to someone that they have in their life. And these weirdo people applied to do this on television. And then he builds like a, a absolute perfect replica. Exact replica. Of, yes. Of like their house or their place of work or whatever. And then he has actors emulate the people in their lives who they trick into meeting them and giving away secrets and their information and stuff. And then he has them practice like a hundred times all different variables so that when to, they... To prepare for every it, scenario. Yeah, so that they feel comfortable revealing wow. the information. But it's I'm not going to go into how much more he plans things, but just how planned everything is, is so fucking hilarious. I thought this was... I have one episode in, and Ryan watched it as well, it was a masterpiece. <laughs> it was so it was so absolutely brilliant. Unbelievably brilliant. What a show. Well, wow. I mean what at least what a first episode. If it gets if it goes downhill from here, I I could maybe see it getting um a little repetitive. Well, but... not every, you know, just like in, in Nathan for you, right? Like not every bit is perfect, although they're all funny and they're all like, you know, smart and the concept is good. They can't all be pert, like you know, amazing. And they're going to start out with a very strong one for episode one. But you'll get some moments throughout the show that are going to be fucking shocking. I guarantee. There, there are some there are some subtle things that happen within the episode that were so funny I couldn't even. And it had nothing to do with like the premise of the show, but made me like laugh out loud for minutes. On yeah. oh my god, I'm so psyched! I didn't get to watch it yet. I'm going to watch it after we record this pod. But I'm so glad that Nathan Fielder is having like another big moment. Because he's just so awesome. I think that Nathan Fielder is one of the funniest human beings of all time. And like his just ability to not ever break under pressure or under awkward situations. He just lives in the most awkward situations. And he's so cool with things, people being uncomfortable and sitting in weird things or making situations awkward. That like it's just so funny and uncomfortable and perfect. And so I thought that this was absolutely like Nathan for you with a huge budget is what it was. Sweet. Yeah. So I love it. I think it's one of the best shows of the year after one episode. And <laughs> oh my God. Hot, hot wreck. 
Let's uh, <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. Revisit last week's questions from me about like the awkwardness and and being uncomfortable. It had a few of those moments, but it never really felt like incredibly cringy to the point where you're like, I have to turn this off. I mean, I did at one point get up and like, I need to go make a stiff cocktail to, you know, to really be able to tolerate the rest of this. But it wasn't that bad. Like, I think I was, I had built it up in my head a little bit too much. So eventually once you get down to like the nuts and bolts of what is going on, it's an incredibly compelling story, and I can't wait for uh, you to watch it, Jimbo. Last night, Ryan texted me and said, I'm like six minutes into the rehearsal, and I have to pause and make a stiff cocktail to finish the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was and literally then, so good. So- and then, but then, like, what happened towards the end? I said, why am I so nervous? Yeah. Because yeah. I was, ex- I was like, nervous for, like, the outcome. So. Wow. Yes. All right. It, it's this perfect. is hot. Hot yeah. wreck, yo. All right, another show that we love is back. It came back this week with two new episodes, and that is What We Do in the Shadows, um, the amazing comedy on uh, FX. Yeah, also nominated for an Emmy, by the way, for for uh, a comedy show, which they deserve. Dude, I think it's like one of those shows that maybe it's just because it's a comedy and there's not like this ongoing story that I'm so invested in. But I'm like not that excited about it. And then when I hit play, I'm like blown away by everything about it. I just think it's so fucking perfect. Love these characters. So happy to have them back. It's just a great show. What we do in the shadows. FX killing it again. No show in recent memory can take a recurring bit in the same episode and make it funnier each time somehow. But Mm -hmm. Shadows seems to nail it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I love it. Eric, did you watch any of it yet? Yeah, I did. Loved it. Thought it was perfect. Um, it's so silly. Not every joke lands, but it doesn't need to. Um, yeah. Just they're just perfect characters. It's just really fun to watch. Um, another just Taika masterpiece. Yep. Um, well, all right, Ryan, you watched for all mankind. Boy, and I Boy, I had to do plus. a big I had to do a big yeah big think about this because I had to turn my Apple Plus subscription back on to start Whoa. this show because I keep reading things saying how great this show is eventually like that's you know season one takes a little bit of time so anyway i'll I'll just give a brief 30 second description of what the show is it's a revisionist history of nasa from the moon landing on if the russians landed on the moon first and how things would be different if that happened um so it's kind of slow going at first, trying to set that narrative in place. Uh, but overall, I think the show's pretty quality, um, and I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. Uh, it'll be my cross to bear. I'll let you guys know if it's any good. It's on like season three already, so um, we're a little bit behind the eight ball. But I've heard nothing but good things, and the ratings be pretty good for it too. It sounds like the biggest revision. The biggest revision might have been that someone landed on the moon at all. I mean, yeah, that's true. It's like, well, man, I've been listening to Kyrie do it, and he's got some thoughts on this. Okay, I was going to say, what if the Russians just had better uh, sound stages? Well, Hubert didn't want to work with them. How do you? How are we taking off from a flat Earth to landing on the moon? Is I think the biggest question, right? Right. Like how does that work yeah, how from do you a get, physics What if they standpoint? had come in and they had been on the other side of the Earth at the time, like when they had to come back? That would have been really flat Earth is If the Earth is flat, is the moon also flat? Oh, yeah. Real flat. Eric, what do you it think? Is. It's fucking flat. Flat sun, dude. too? Flat Earth, flat moon, flat sun? I guess I just don't know that. I like, mean, you're assuming the sun is even world. real. So, yeah. Yeah. Taking <laughs> lots of big birds. leaps here that all these things exist. I'm not so, how, how are you liking it, though? I mean, is this, you know, this is, for me, this is a period piece, so I'm already kind of, like, at arm's length. What is it? What's it I like? Think, I think, so it, it has to start as a period piece, but then I think it's going to be a space adventure. And I think that's, oh. that's that you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be completely different from that, because I think they're going to end up going yeah. to Mars and, and doing some different things. So I think then it becomes a non-period piece, because it has to start, right, in that period, because now we're going, you know, we're skewing into the different tangent like back to the future style um yeah and so i think i'll i'll, I'll let you know where it goes uh rb i'm gonna probably do like a rb4 i might do the whole first season and then decide but i've i've heard like nothing but good things about the end of season one and season, so i'm excited okay i'm into it bro all right jim you finished miss marvel well i didn't start it that's the thing so i was just <laughs> like had heard the i finished it without starting it i just watched the last two episodes and dude no surprise 
I was folding laundry. Otherwise, I would have got up to shut it off. It's, it was really pretty bad. Um, but I just wanted to see, you know, what is Miss Marvel like? What are her powers like? What does her suit look like by the time she actually gets one, you know? Um, and I had heard, and it is true, that there's a line that's like, I did some analysis on your DNA. This is something we haven't seen. You're, it looks like you're a mutant. And it's like, then they play a little bit of the... And I'm like, ooh. So that moment... Very fan servicey, I think, you know, and I don't really get how the fuck, like, from watching what I watched, I thought she got her powers from, like, a magical Indian bangle, but okay, she's a mutant, whatever. Um, this show, don't go back and watch it. Don't even do what I did and watch the final episode. None of it is worth it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think that we were right to sort of, like, maybe give it, I, th- I think I watched 20 minutes of it and then shut it off initially. That was probably the right instinct. Yeah, I think I watched um, the first episode. That they've said that the was... M word and the you know mutant in the MCU. Now it's it's coming. And that's that's again. This is our problem with Marvel. This show is definitely not for our demo, obviously. Right. But they needed to do all of this hoopla just to use the word mutant, right? I mean, and, and by it. the way, and Brie Larson is like the big cameo that they get as as Captain Marvel. She's a dud, dude. She has no charisma. She has, like, the charisma of O.J. Simpson after he was found fucking, you know, everybody knew he was a murderer. Not before. Like, the, like she just, I don't know. She's just a dud. She doesn't bring anything to the MCU. Sucks. All right, guys. It's time for everybody's favorite segment on this show, Snap Back to Reality. Okay? Mm. Okay? Let's go. I, I need a little Eminem soundbite for every time. Um. Yeah, I'm not going to provide that. Oh, there goes Rabbit. Yep. If we had, like, a... We pushed a little button. Great song, though. All right, so, guys, I've been watching lots of reality TV shows for all of our fans um, who love reality TV shows and bad TV shows. And uh, I have a couple of them for you guys this week. So, anybody who knows me knows that I love The Challenge. Empty's The Challenge. used to be called The Real World Road Rules Challenge. Um, And it's on, like, season 40 or something. And I love it. it. I can't wait for it to come back. And so they got their big break with um, Paramount Plus, and they decided to make a CBS version of the challenge called The Challenge USA. And there wasn't a lot of information about it other than that TJ Lavin, the host of hosts, was going to be on CBS running the challenge. We knew there were going to be people from Survivor and Big Brother and The Amazing Race and whatever Lover's Island or whatever it's called, Love Island. And that's kind of what they've been doing on the challenge over the last few years, but kind of been in like dating on the spectrum. Like, Did any of those contestants make it? Not, not dating on the spectrum yet. That's probably going to be next year. Um, so I was hoping it was going to be challenge vets like Johnny Bananas and Wes and like some of the people everybody knows on CBS showing people about the challenge. But no, it literally has no one from the challenge. It's all people you've never heard of, and the challenges are pretty watered down, and the the hookup stuff is all watered down and the drinking's all watered down. And just overall, mm-hmm. the show is bad. It's a bad, it's a skip. Don't watch it. Challenge USA. I watched two episodes. They're hour and a half episodes and they stink. How do they get wow. the, how do they get the, the naming rights to that? If they, if they're not going to like do, well, I guess they are. If you said they're doing challenges, I guess that technically qualifies. Well, it is the challenge and it does have PJ Lavin running it. And it's all the same people I'm sure making the show. It just has no one from the challenge other than the host of it. It's all new people. And, like, the part of the challenge that you like is, like, they add new people every year, but there's, like, all these vets that you know, and they form a lot. Yeah, there's there's they, eight regulars that stick around, and then they've got a, a, a you know, a, an umbrella of cast members to choose from to bring in and try and, you know, have some fresh meat. Yeah, the yeah. people all want to stay on the show, and you learn to love the characters, and they form relationships and alliances and things like that. And that's why the show is fun. This, I didn't know a single person. I don't watch those shows. Other than TJ Lavin, it's just absolute trash. It's a total skip. All right, okay. next up. I have not quite finished it yet, but I will finish it for next week. I have been watching HBO Max. You're like, what? HBO Max doesn't have uh, reality shows. Well, they do now. They have uh, F-Boy Island. Okay. F-Boy. So fuck Boy Island? Yeah, but they say F-Boy all the time, and it's really awkward. It doesn't That's work. annoying. It's they HBO. Constantly... Can't they yeah, just say fuck? Like... Yeah, they can, but they don't ever. They literally always are like, "Are you an F boy? Are you a self-proclaimed F boy?" And well, it has, um, it has that comedian, um, blonde. She does a new special out on HBO. Nikki Glaser. Yeah, she's she's oh. the host. Well, she's, she's funny, funny, right? Yeah, she's funny. She's pretty good. Um, 
the show is mostly terrible, but if you like terrible reality TV, it's HBO doing it. So it looks really great, and it's pretty fun. The premise is that I don't know the number of guys, but there's a ton of guys, and there's three girls, right? And half the guys are good guys who are looking for love, and half the guys are self-proclaimed F-boys, and they're Oof. there to lie, to lie to the girls. Now, if the F-boys get picked, they win the money for duping the girl who's looking for love. Okay. And if the ones who are looking for love um, win, then they're in a relationship, and then the girl gets the guy and money. I can see why you would okay. like the show, Eric. It's pretty. I do. It, I already do want to know what happens. I'll say that. Yeah. I don't even know the characters yet. I like. I'm curious. It's mostly trash, but it's like you know, as far as trashy reality B goes, it's high scale trash. Island is, yeah, yeah, it's getting it done. HBO, thank you for diving into the world of reality show dating shows. Um, finally, guys, I tuned in to Snowflake Mountain. All right. What? Snowflake Mountain. It's a new show on Netflix. Snowflake Mountain is a show where like high-maintenance influencers get told that they're going to go to this fancy five-star resort to do whatever. And then they get driven into the wilderness where two former soldiers make them, like, live off the land. And they, like, are, like, these people who need products for their skin and their hair and blah, 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 blah. This show was the worst reality show I've ever seen. I made it through 15 minutes. And (laughs) it was, like, offensive and not funny and terrible and unlikable was this produced by like ben shapiro that sounds like something he'd be like super into yeah it was really hard to watch bad i turned it off real quickly um it's it's a complete skip so on your snapback to reality this week everyone the challenge usa is a skip i watched two episodes three hours of it it's not worth your time. Snowflake Mountain isn't even worth a click. It's not even interesting. The okay. people are like, no, my shoes are in the mud. It's not worth your time. <laughs> F-Boy Island is some high-quality, shitty reality television. <laughs> so, so that's a wreck, baby. That's a wreck on F-Boy Island. It's good enough and filled with enough good-looking people and enough drama and Nikki Glaser, and it's going to be fun. So tune in to F-Boy Island. Okay. So do you feel like All right, hey, you feel well like done. you're good job. You feel like you're you're playing are you are you shooting threes in an end for like an NBA team or are you batting for the Minnesota Twins and like you feel like one for three is pretty solid with what you're dealing oh, with? Oh yeah. I mean I knew I knew right away with the the challenge, but I'm such a, a loyal challenge follower that I said I gotta give him a second episode. You are episode. a diehard challenge supporter. Yeah, I am. Yeah. But I had to give him a second episode, and I shouldn't have. Snowflake Mountain, I should have turned off five minutes in. The fact that I lasted 15 was... I mean, they already did that show with, like, Paris and Nicole, you know, go yes. to a farm. Like, that was 20 right. years ago, you know? It's Paris and Nicole, but, like, more abusive. Oh, because there's someone <laughs> yelling at him, like, get your ass moving! You know, or whatever, like, yeah, it was some not, drill instructor. It was just not... I'm sure someone on here is like, whoa, this show was great. No, it was bad. Um, so there you go. F Boy Island, tune in. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, uh, Eric, on. I think you got to, real quick, I think you got to earmark that one for your students and see if your students are watching it when school starts back up because I bet they love it. Yes. I don't know. Their attention span is like a TikTok video. So most shows I suggest to them, they're like, I don't watch TV or movie. Like, oh, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Except the yeah, kid that you yeah. scarred for watching a nude scene with his mom. Yeah, that was that was on me. That was that was my mistake. That All right, guys, me. it's time for our uh, end of our Spider-Man rewatch. With great power comes great rewatchability. I'm going to be sad to not say that anymore. And it's this a really cool title. The most recent of the Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Yep, big movie, big, big movie. movie. Everybody's very confident in these roles now. Um, I, I think it was it's kind of a really movie. cool payoff. Like, what a cool cap for us having done the work on these previous uh, series, right? And really cool that, um, like, the continuity from Far From Home into No Way Home was almost seamless. Right, which is, like I said last week, so fucked up. Like, dude, poor Peter Parker gets, like, four days to have a normal life with his with Zendaya before it, they get thrown in the fucking blender again. Yeah. I think that this, like... We ripped Marvel earlier and said they don't have a plan. But what they seem to have a real plan for are these Spider-Man movies. And you can tell how invested they are in these characters. Um, even, like, the just comedic side characters mm-hmm. are really good in these. Well, you know why. Like Flash, or whatever his name is, he's great. Every time he's on screen, it makes me laugh. Nate, um, they don't want to lose... 
They don't oh, want to new- yeah. lose Tom Holland for anything. I think replacing Tom Holland would be a bigger nightmare than you could possibly imagine. They want to keep That's him fair. happy. They want to keep him rich. They want to keep Zendaya interested. Yeah. They want to keep everybody around so that they can keep Tom Holland from in, in perpetuity from here until the yep. end of time. And they're gonna they're gonna do now like the college trilogy, right? So he's gonna do they're gonna do three movies of Spider Man in college. I can't wait. I think that they just crushed this movie and like it it's kind of it's almost cheap and like silly some of it like just yeah. how they bring all these characters back and I don't really like these characters and I think that that was kind of the point though that like these characters didn't just get a second chance in the movie they got a second chance in the story overall because they mm-hmm. were all pretty poorly done in the original movies maybe not Doc Ock and maybe not um uh, Green Goblin but like the others were pretty trash. You're gonna piss off Jim right. again for Spider-Man Two. Like, don't start this again. <laughs> I don't even remember who was who was the villain in Spider-Man Two. Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he's pretty good. But the yeah. other three are pretty bad, and they got a second chance. I think that bringing in—I know it was the worst kept secret of all time—but I know I thought bringing in um, the other guys, uh, Garfield and um, Toby. Uh, mm-hmm. Toby was just masterful. Yeah, uh, I that yeah, that was good. Been... Yeah, looking back, they took one from each movie, didn't they? Yeah. Yep, they took one from each of the five movies. I just thought that they absolutely knocked it out of the park with those ones, and so I don't know. I, I, I really, I really enjoyed this. I thought the scenes with the three of them were like they were like enough fan service that it was like funny and like didn't take itself too seriously mm-hmm. um, in the best of ways. Uh, but like well, they did, was, they re- was, to recreate the meme, the Spider-Man meme, you know, was like kind of the goal. Like oh, we're laughing at ourselves so while like in yeah. in embracing current events, you know, like current memeology. Yeah, yeah, I liked it, but I I, mean, I see what you say you're saying with like how kind of silly it was. Like like the scenes in the basement of the sanctum sanctorum were all yeah. pretty silly, right? Where they're all in their all cages and they're bantering. All of them were silly. They were very silly, yeah. But, I mean, it still works. And then there was big, serious moments. Like, dude, May dies in this movie. That was a very big deal. And it wasn't very, like, my kids were, like, emotional, you know? Like, when they saw that, that was a heavy fucking hitter. I thought dark stuff happened for, like, a lot of the movie. Like, the middle of the movie was really pretty pretty dark and sad. And I thought it, like, it wasn't that it was bad or it was, like, in the mud. Like, it was well done and good. But it was, like, it got to a place where... It was like a really emotional, sad beat for a while, and yeah. but then like I I loved um I, I why can't I think of his name uh the the Sorcerer Supreme what's his name Benedict Cumberbatch in this no no the other guy Wong oh Wong 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 and Strange as mm-hmm. the comedic relief for a lot of this movie like especially early when they're kind of like the funny part of the movie and like. You go down into the the catacombs, wherever they called that place, and then it was like the laundry room. Yeah, you know, and like yeah, I just, liked all that stuff. All that stuff just worked for me so much. Um, you know, I, I think that I thought that they knocked this one out of the park, and I think that we've been hard on Marvel, and everyone's been hard on Marvel, but they've they've got the Spider Man stuff so dialed in. Um, I thought this was one of my favorite of the Spider Man movies. I'm going to say it was my second favorite. And which one, Homecoming, was your favorite? Homecoming was my favorite, and this was my second favorite. And the okay. only reason why I liked Homecoming better is just because I think sometimes when the scale is smaller, superhero movies are at their best. Yeah, I can see that. I actually gave this one more uh, Rotten Tomatoes point than Homecoming. I gave this a 94, and I gave that a 93. I just liked it because I feel like it's really rewatchable. It's super fun. It's never boring. There's never There's not a ton of stuff that doesn't work. Um, you know, besides like maybe Jamie Foxx in general, but what are you going to do? You got to bring them back. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it was, it was really good. You know, the only thing that I have a problem with and I still, you know, I did and I do is just sort of how the problem was created and how superheroes keep creating the own, pro- their own problems where real people die from, um, and how Benedict, you know, or, or Dr. Strange is like, oh, okay, well, um, yeah, let's do it. Let's just try it. You know what I mean? When he's like, no, I definitely can't do that. And then two minutes later, they're literally doing it then. And of course it goes awry. You know, it's, I didn't love that setup. I thought that like, they could have just written something else to something less in their own control. um, Yeah. Would have felt better for me. Like maybe we'd be better off with no superheroes, you guys. Like Jesus Christ. I think that, yeah, I think like the superhero, like the, the flawed superhero problem 
like that they create themselves is like getting yeah. a little tired too. I think that that's the hardest thing is just like it's hard to come up with like the problems these movies and like there just isn't enough. They're not creative enough every time and like how, how to make the the you know the the drama in the movie. Well, mm-hmm. take 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 Homecoming for instance. <clears throat> I think a lot of Spider-Man's problems to a certain degree initially were created by him, right? He was trying to do too much. He his yeah. he got a little too big for his britches, right? Having been with the Avengers and all that stuff. And then they basically just gave him like busy work to do, you know? And right. and then he tried to do too much and and kind of made a mess mess of things. That felt believable, right? That was like, okay, yeah, yeah he's he's young, he's naive, he doesn't really understand. But this like like you guys mentioned felt very contrived like oh well we'll just have them like do a spell that they know is probably fucking stupid and then it'll ruin everything yeah. for the next two hours and I, I i totally agree that that was that that felt like very shoehorned into the plot and very unnecessary but like in order to make the movie but then like once once that happens then i think the movie is really good and really well done um, uh, you know, a lot of yeah. the things that you guys have said, but that, that part just feels like, well, what the strange, you're letting a 16 year old kid, like talk you into doing some like s- crazy magic spell, you know, to right. reverse time. Like what the, what the fuck dude? Why would you, why would you like, even Why couldn't that? you have like a bad, like an evil, like have more, like, okay, you know, maybe we're not going to get, um, okay. I don't know, like have an evil wizard just come up and like trick, trick Spider-Man instead, Yeah, you know, and run yeah. the spell, something like that. Like, have Mordo come back just for that, right? Like, oh, I'm afraid I, of, of Doctor Strange's. I can help you with this. Like, whatever. I, I, I really like the um, battle between Strange and Spider-Man. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I also um, loved just... I, I thought that they were so perfect with how they brought Maguire and... Um, well, Starfield. Name. Starfield. Starfield into the movie. Like, when they first came in. It wasn't yeah. some big action moment. It was a really chill moment that they just rushed. Yes. And let these guys be funny and let them be personable. And let them kind of just show off their acting with some other characters that we really like. It was so well done. And I thought they nailed that part. And I think that it definitely was the beginning of the Garfana song, which we are now oh, living in. Blowing up, yeah. Um, but it also showed you that we are not going to get a magana No, no. And, and don't, yeah, I don't, don't, don't need one. In this movie. Yeah, we don't need one. We don't need one. No. Nobody's asking for that, yeah. Yeah, but a garfana we can, we are, I'm on, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm absolutely here for that. So I gave it a, I gave it a 94, which puts it as the highest of any of the Spider-Man movies. I think it's my favorite. Um, I like it when they go big and be silly and have fun. Like, I want these movies to be entertaining. I don't need, you know, Spider-Man talking to his landlord over and over again about how, you know, like his problems in his life. Let's, let's move a little faster than that. So I liked it. What did you guys give it? What, what, uh, where do you think it fits with the rest? I'm going to give it a 92. It's my second favorite Spider-Man movie. Okay. I, I, I I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely loved it. I mean, you know, this is, this is one of those, if, if you're a fan of the rewatchables podcast, like picking nits, right. In terms of like the things that we didn't love that, if it was in any other superhero movie, we would totally forgive it. But because we have high expectations for this, <clears throat> I would agree. I think I would, I don't remember what I gave, what I gave homecoming. I'm going to say it's the same. I'll say like 93, uh, right on mm-hmm. par with that. I think it's, it's an excellent film with a few flaws. Um, I, I think you guys are totally right with the, they nailed the, the cameos, um, and, and the multiverse and, you know, even the Doc Ock redemption arc and, and everything like that. I thought, I thought the whole movie worked so well, despite the scale being, like Eric says, kind of magnanimous, right? Where it's mm-hmm. it's a lot larger than just like one angry scientist guy, you know, kind of going after the so. Yeah. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought By they did the a way, good job. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, ninety. I was gonna say the the Garfield sad moments with Andrew Garfield's like Spider Man hit even harder, having just sort of seen Gwen die like a couple weeks ago in our lives. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. True. Like, Very true. Sure. That was like those hit pretty hard. Those were awesome moments. And Toby said he Toby had a family, right? And didn't yeah. wasn't there something in the comic books where they have a that you know him and Mary Jane have a, a baby spider daughter you know kind of thing that has the powers? So maybe they were kind of hit. That's like an homage to like the comic books. Ooh. Yeah, let's let's take the baby spider daughter and leave Toby. <laughs> True behind. Yeah, we'll we'll draft the daughter. 
overall lots of fun. I really like the, the whole Spider-Man rewatch. I think it's one of the strongest movie franchises. Even the bad I like. Even the the bad Spider-Man and the um, bad Amazing Spider-Man. Like, what was it? Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Both yeah. those were pretty terrible. And I had fun watching. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, 3 was pretty atrocious. Yeah, Spider-Man 3, 3 is like just least. a pretty fun movie. But I think 3 across the board was our least favorite by far. Yeah. Oh, by, by a distance. Like, it was, it was like, that was like sexy Tobey Maguire with like the half hair in his face. Yeah. Oh, God. The, doing the like, chart, more, like doing, doing the, the dance. Yeah. Oh. So bad. When he so went bad. to the jazz club, when he went to the jazz club and was like an asshole. Oh. Hey, oh. toots. Ooh. Toots. Yeah. Wow. He could never pull that off. He could Hot never legs, pull it off. He called a girl. Yeah. And then she liked it. Yeah, I was like, ugh. <laughs> that is rough. Oh, dude. Right. But Topher Grace well, we'll was really good. Our, uh, yeah. We have to figure out what our next, next hot wreck is. So if you've got any good suggestions for us, let next us re-watch. know. Um, yeah, what's but it But otherwise, be? that is all the time that we have on the Nordies podcast here. Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll uh, catch you guys next week with a sports cast as well. We're skipping the sports cast because there's no games even happening. It's like midsummer break for everything, so... We'll take a break from that for a week, and we'll be back next week with a sports update for you guys. Um, And otherwise, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nord Podcast.